So we're going to be starting with in 2 Corinthians 6, chapter 6. And I did not time this, so we might get out super early. Who knows? We'll see. <clears throat> All right, so chapter 6, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 through 13. It says, As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I time is now. Today is the day of salvation. We live in such a way that no one will, st- will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for, at- for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored, even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our heart aches, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. Oh, dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you, and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. I am asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for your word. Thank you that it's alive and powerful, God, that it is moving in people's hearts and minds today, God. I pray, Lord, that it will fresh and renew um, our minds. And I thank you, Lord, that we will uh, not leave the same as we came in, that we will leave um, filled up with your goodness and just all that you are and and all that you're doing, Lord. We are just so thankful for all of it, God. And we thank you that it'll be your word today and not mine, um, Lord, and it would glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. So... Okay, so Paul right, Paul is begging the Corinthian church here to respond to the truth that they are hearing, to not turn away from the opportunity to hear the gospel of forgiveness, to not ignore God's grace is what he is telling them. And another version says to don't take God's grace in vain. And in vain means without purpose or without result or fruitless. So the way this message came about, I was walking one morning, and um, outside in my driveway, I just walked back and forth because I can't leave my kids too far. So anyway, I'm walking, and I'm having my time with God, and I like to start out, you know, praying and, and start thanking God for all the things that he's done for me. I, you know, I'm thanking him for his grace and his mercy. Well, then my prayer turns into complaining. And I was feeling real weak that day, um, and so I started complaining about my weaknesses, started complaining about just, you know, whatever. I was just complaining, and God reminded me that the very thing that I was thanking him for, I, was taking, I wasn't taking advantage of what he had given me. I was taking his, his grace in vain. Um, 
And I had this beautiful gift in my life and I was just going on and I was ignoring it. And I was not letting it produce the fruit that God had intended it to produce. So we're going to come back to this verse in a little bit. Uh, because to understand how Paul could go through all the hardships that is mentioned in this chapter and still live a life that would not make someone stumble. You have to see how grace works. So that's what we're going to look at today. And, ha- and Paul understood the workings of grace in his life. Now, this isn't going to be real too, you know, too deep. Um, it's probably stuff you've already heard, but I needed this reminder, so I wanted to remind you guys um, today. Paul was known as the apostle of grace. And when we get introduced to Paul, and we just finished months of being in Acts, and we got to see you know, Paul on his missionary journey, and when we get introduced to him, we learn real quick that he's not a good person by any means. He is vengeful and violent. And then we see that he has a God encounter, um, and he experiences God's grace in a powerful and life-changing way. In his own words in Galatians, he says, I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And then in Galatians 1.15, he says, But when God, who from my mother's womb set me apart and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I could preach him among the Gentiles. He was a man who was brought out of darkness into light like us in here. The zeal that he had for destroying the church became zeal for building the church. He dedicated his life to the gospel. And you know, the enemy likes to try to remind me of my my past sins, and I'm sure that he does the same thing to you, and try to bring condemnation. And I can't even imagine how Paul's past tried to taunt him and bring condemnation. But Paul, because Paul knew he was a wretched man deserving of death, but again, he understood how grace worked in his life. He wrote in Romans 8, 1, there is, no for, there, is, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And that is grace right there. We all know that we have been, by grace we have been saved, but receiving the grace of God in veins pertains not so much to salvation per se, but to the loss of p- potential blessings related to spiritual growth, knowledge, and joy. And that comes when we take full advantage of this gift. I was thinking, you know, I've been to so many funerals uh, where, you know, the famous funeral song, Amazing Grace, they play Amazing Grace. And I've sat there and I've, I've thought about some of the people that I've been there that they're playing this song for. And I think, you know, did they fully take full advantage of God's grace? Because I know their life would have looked different if they did. You know, they might be in heaven, but did they receive all that they could on this earth that uh, God has available for us? So today I have four points on grace that Paul understood, um, and some that we tend to either, I know that I have, tend to ignore or forget. And the first one is God's grace is a gift. Grab a drink of water. The first thing that Paul knew was that he didn't deserve, didn't deserve God's grace, that it was a gift. He told Timothy, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that in Christ Jesus. Grace is God's favor towards the unworthy. 
and you've probably heard this before, but grace is getting something you don't deserve. I'll say that again. Grace is getting something you don't deserve, and mercy is not getting what you do deserve. It's a gift that we don't deserve. It's something you can't earn. And no matter how many times I have heard that, that you can't earn it, I will catch myself trying to do that very thing. Why is that? Why do we continue to try to earn this from God? It's because it's a foreign concept to us as humans because we live in a world that you have to earn everything. Um, Even my kids think that. When I tell them to go do something, they want money. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. We live in this house. You can do it. Um, And I have worn myself out before trying to earn his grace, especially if I've messed up. I've took it on myself to try to earn his favor back, and it took me a lot of tears and frustration to learn that is not how grace works. So you're telling me that God is just handing me this gift that I don't deserve and also a gift that I don't have to earn. Yes, that's exactly how grace works. Paul said in Ephesians 2, 8, it says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. The very reason we can't earn it is because it's not about works so that none of us can boast. Romans eleven five six, 6, and it, there's a lot of scripture. I don't know if you've ever done a message on grace, but there are so many scriptures. So I tried to down it, you know, dial it down some, but and they were so good. Anyway, Romans eleven five six says, At the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise grace would be no longer would no longer be grace. So you can't work to earn grace. It is free and undeserved. Grace is not legalism. We already belong. We are already children of grace. And therefore, there's nothing we could do to earn salvation or be more saved. Have you ever prayed for something? I know I have, and that's why I put it in here. You know, if you ever prayed for something and been like, God, if you do this for me, then I will do this for you. Again, that's not how grace works. So if we can't earn it and we don't deserve it, how do we receive this grace? Which is going to bring me to point number two. So number one, we can't earn God's grace because it's not about works. It's a gift from God. Number two, grace works when we bring our needs to him. Grace works when we bring our needs to him. We were all born with a need. We were dead in our trespasses. We were separated from God, and we needed a way back to him. And our biggest need was met when God sent Jesus. However, because we are not perfected until we get to heaven, we will continue to have needs. We are told uh, to come boldly to the throne of grace in our time of need, whether it's to be healed, need to have relief from uh, mental torment, need wholeness in our lives. The list could go on and on. And again, we all have these needs. So then why is it so hard for us to admit that we need help? It's because we are prideful people. But God says he gives grace to the humble and he resists the proud. Grace is most needed and best understood in the midst of sin, suffering, and brokenness. That morning I was complaining about my weaknesses and and God reminded me what Paul said about his weaknesses. And I want to read that. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 12, 6. 
<clears throat> and sorry if I'm, I'm trying to slow down and not talk so fast. I told Stephen that we might get out early. He said, no one's ever complained about getting out of church early. So, <laughs> it's like, you're tr- that's right. Okay, 2 Corinthians 12, 6. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so, because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it, because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Even though I have received such wonderful revelation from God... So to keep me from becoming proud, I was giving a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul said because of the greatness and extraordinary nature of the revelations that he had received, he received a thorn in his flesh to keep him from exalting himself. So I don't know about you, but when I've read this in the past before, I've always tried to pitch it like thorn in the flesh, like, you know, you picture like something painful in your flesh. But what Paul was talking about was his weaknesses. We are giving, we are born with weaknesses because if we were not, we would not need God. He pleaded with God, take it away. But then God's answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness, my mercy are more than enough. Always available regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. So then Paul said, I will gladly boast about my weaknesses. I can tell you that day I was not, boast, I was not happy gladly boasting about my weaknesses. He said, I take pleasure in them, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. I don't know uh, about you, but when I'm going through something hard or if I'm dealing with something that causes me to feel weak, and most of the time when we're weak, we're tired. Have you ever noticed that? We're tired. We need to rest. Our bodies as humans, we need to rest. I want to look for that easy button, but could you imagine the pride that we would have if that button existed, if we could press it every time things got hard? You know, I got to go last Saturday um, to an NA meeting, not an AA meeting, but they're kind of the same. Anyway, uh, my brother received his one-year corn, uh, corn, coin, uh, from uh, being sober for a year. So it was really awesome. Uh, We're super proud of him, but I have never, of course, never been to anything like that. And a lot of them got up, a few of them were receiving their coins, And they all got up there and they talked about, the first thing they said was, by God's grace. And I was just blown away. I was like, they're tapping into this grace and they are just getting started. Like, it excited me. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, this is going to be awesome for you guys. And they got up there and they said, you know, by grace. But they all, all, every single one of them said, it has been hard, but by God's grace. Life is hard. There, in real life, there is no easy buttons. Believe me, if there was such a, of a thing, I would be pressing it all the time because my personality is to avoid all uncomfortable situations. 
You know, I had to sit through both of my parents and watch them go through pain. If there was an easy button, I would have pressed it. I had to watch my mom take her last breath. I would have pressed it. Life is hard. And you hear people, I've got to be strong for others. I can't be weak. And look, I was able to be strong for my family, but only by being weak with God. I told myself I wasn't going to get teary. I'm a, I'm a woman. This is what we do. Okay. It was only by his grace that I was able to do anything during that time. Our weaknesses, they are our thorns and our sides so that we will not exalt ourselves above God or others. We have to lay this tough act with God. We have to lay it down because we will be crushed by our own in insufficiency. Our insufficiency helps us press into God's sufficiency. I'll say that again. Our insufficiency helps us press into God's sufficiency. Grace comes in and says, you are thirsty, let me offer you this drink. Let me offer you this water. You are empty, let me fill you. You are hurting, let me heal you. You are lost, let me find you. That is what grace does. Come to him with your need and let his grace work. Will it be easy? Heck no. But will it be worth it? 100%. So one, grace is a gift that we don't deserve and cannot earn. Two, grace comes in our need. And this third one might shock you because it definitely opened my eyes and I had to be reminded of this. God's grace isn't about us. I'll say that again. God's grace isn't about us. While we are all in need of grace, it is not about us. If you open up the Bible, everything you read is God's grace at work. Grace is a word about God. This Bible, not about us. It's a book about God. And it's God and God alone. God's name and his namesake alone. The point of everything is God's glory alone so that to God alone will be the glory. And until we see that that it's not about us, then we will not be able to take full advantage of this gift that he's given us. And thankfully, even though it's not about us, this is the kind of God we serve. We get the benefits from it. Jesus was sent out of the overflow of grace from God. It says in the word, it says, when sin abounded, grace abounded much more. We were given grace so that we could be alive in him so that his name would be glorified. And that's, an, you know, that's another thing that we deal with as humans. We, every, everyone thinks that everything should be about them and that, you know, that life is about them. It's not. It's about his glory. It's about bringing glory to his name. And Paul understood that this was not about him. All of his sufferings, all of his labor was for God's sake. He said in Acts twenty twenty four. he says, But I considered... My life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course in ministry. I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. The Bible tells us that God's grace is given to us so that in all future ages, we can be examples of this incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. So we are given this grace so that we can be examples of his incredible wealth of this grace and kindness that he has uh, shown us. That was loud. 
Some people might wonder, so if it's not about us, what's so great about it? Well, let me tell you why. Like I said earlier, when, we, when he found us, we were dead in our trespasses. We were made alive when we received his grace by faith. If his grace didn't enter, we would still be dead in our trespasses. If you ever need to be, to be reminded of the grace at work in your life, remember where you were. Remember where he found you. And then remember where he brought you. I have a friend right now, um, I'm trying not to cry about this either, um, that I grew up with, a very close friend, um, and we both actually started going to church at the same time. We were in our teens, and we both got saved um, at the same time, and her life looks a lot different than mine. Um, Right now, she is, um, the last I checked, she is in jail, Um, and it breaks my heart Because I know that she knew she had that same gift right in front of her. She had accepted it and received it. And she had that same gift right in front of her. And she ignored it. She took God's grace in vain. And so that's another reminder for me that I don't want to take it in vain. I want to take full advantage of this gift that he has given me. This is the hardest part for us humans, is to lay down our pride. And that's another, she's had so much trouble just, you know, laying down her pride. And that's, it's just the hardest part for us to do. It's something we have to continue to do every day. And the good news is he doesn't leave us to do that on our own, which brings me to my last point. So one, grace is a gift. Grace, two, grace comes in our need. Three, grace is not about us. And then my last point is grace is our power for living. Grace is our power for living. Grace is not just a character trait of God's. It is the power in our lives. When we hear that it is by grace we are saved, it's easy to think um, it's just about us getting to be in heaven with God. And yes, it is, but it's so much more. 2 Corinthians 9.8, Paul says, God is able to make all, a grace, all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. It's about having the power in us to resist temptation, to endure the thorn in our flesh, to live a life that is pleasing to God. Titus 2.11 says, The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godliness and worldly lust, and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to, to redeem us from all lawlessness and cleanse us for himself, a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. You know, Stephen talks about how we want perfection in our lives, but we're not able to reach that on our own. And that is when grace comes in. When we try to reach that on our own, we will see that we are not sufficient enough 
and we'll be crushed under our own insufficiency. He says that all the time, but it's true. But when we allow his grace to work like he intended it to in our lives, then we will let our insufficiency push us towards God's sufficiency. So I want to read this scripture before I read verse 3 again um, and end on that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, By the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder, that was the effect of grace, than any of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. And Paul said that. And then and, um, I want to read, I think I lost page. Go back to um, 2 Corinthians 6, starting in verse 3. I want to read that one more time. Because now that we have talked about how grace works, I want to show you that through all of Paul's hardships, the only way, the only way that he was able to talk like this was because of God's grace. It says, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. And I just want to stop there. And when I think about all these things that Paul went through, and now that I look back and I was complaining about my weaknesses, it makes me feel really bad. It's like, wow, this was some, if, if anybody would have been weak, it would have been Paul right here. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the, in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our heart aches, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. Everything that we just read is grace at work. The enduring, the power working in them, their weapons, their patience, their kindness, doing, doing all that they did for God's glory and not their own. That was God's grace at work. I hope today that as I shared my heart openly to you guys, that it will open up y'all's hearts to the workings of grace in your life. And I want to leave you with this. Grace is free, but it's priceless. Grace is free, but it's worth everything. And remember, grace is a gift. You can't earn it, and you don't deserve it. Grace comes in our need for him. Grace is not about us. And grace gives us the power to live our lives for him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today, God. We thank you that we can come boldly to your throne of grace in our time of need, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are there with arms wide open, God, receiving us. And God, given us the strength to carry on, given us the strength to endure and to live a life that is pleasing to you, God. 
I pray today that as we leave this place, God, that we will go out, um, Lord, and know that your grace is working in every area of our lives, that we will not take it for vain, God, and that we would use it for all that you have uh, purposed in our lives for it, God. We thank you for that. God, I thank you for continue just moving and just doing all that you uh, just desire to do in our hearts, God. I'm so thankful that you are always working. Even when we can't tell it, even when we just feel like nothing's happening, God, you are working. And I thank you that we will be reminded of that every single day, that we will lie down at night and remember your faithfulness throughout throughout every day. We are thankful for that, God. We thank you that as we leave, that you, uh, your angels are encamped around us, protecting us and keeping us safe, and they will bring us safely all back together, Lord. I pray if anyone is sick at home today, Lord, in their bodies, I pray for healing over them in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you will continue to be with us and lead us and guide us and direct us. And we thank you that um, you are an amazing God, and we just love you and praise you in Jesus' name.